everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. To Scene Degenerates Partners. You have a thing you wanted to say? No, nope, no. You two degenerates? No, that's not what I said. Two generations. Two dudes sitting in a podcast. Doing Talk a about theater. <laughs> that's great. That was great. I really, you didn't say degenerates? I did say degenerates, yes. I knew it. I can't believe you actually listened to me for once. I, well, I mean, I heard that word and I thought that, that was really big for you. <laughs> you speak like, so that's, infrequently. That's such a big word for you. Uh, I um, Hey, I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> and that we're here doing this podcast. Yeah. This is so nice. I spent, um, so we've, we've reached the time in uh in louisiana where it's so hot outside that it feels kind of like you're in the seventh circle of hell Mm -hmm. a blast furnace is how yeah a blast furnace that's a good one and so i've been out there for the majority of this morning and uh before we are recording and so i feel like i am totally just messed up but i'm really looking forward to what might come from this yeah because you know i've never done that before so it should be interesting a little tired, a little dehydrated. Yeah, it's probably a lot of the dehydrated thing. Just get, got to the point where it doesn't matter how much water you drink. Mm, yes, because you sweat it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's been going on? Um, planning a trip. Oh, my gosh. I know. We're going on our first ever scene partners play on theater vacation. <laughs> and, oh, you know what? Yesterday. I wish I could say sponsored vacation, but <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's it's all out of pocket. Um, mm-hmm. But it was so funny yesterday, both of our different responses to going white water rafting and hearing that no one else wanted to do it. And I was like, <laughs> well, we can all do something. And Cody was like, nah, we're still going. Good luck, everybody else. No, I said. Y'all find something to do. I was like, I'm not going to not go do this because everybody <laughs> else doesn't want to. I mean, it's they can wait. I secretly it. think that's why you've invited me on this trip. It's like, Chris is the only one who's going to go whitewater rafting with that's me. That's not true. I didn't even know there was whitewater rafting where we were going <laughs> until after we had invited you. I just think whenever you go on trips with people, you don't always have to do the same things. Yes. And that it's totally fine for you to branch off and then, you know, rejoin the group. That's my that's my whole theory. On a group vacation, not, you know, one that maybe just you and Lexi are taking. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely not. She she would probably feel differently um, <laughs> about that. I'll join the group later. It's she's just like, us. listen, I uh, I've got some things I want you to do and I'm going to stay here. <laughs> so, I'm not interested in that, but I'll rejoin you later. Yeah. It'll be like our honeymoon again. Mm. I'm sure there was parts of that like whenever we went on uh very particular hike that she knows about. Where I was like, no, it's fine. It's only it's it says it's only twenty minutes, and it was hellacious. It was not, and it was, you know, you think you're in Costa Rica. Everybody walks. There's so much hiking there. You would think that the trails would be like ready to go, but they're not. They're not trails. There's more <laughs> or less like you're just figuring out how to get to this one spot, and so you're on like game trails or where water passes through yeah. and has broken through the forest. Oh, that was that was rough and I had no idea where we were. And I have to time. say normally you speak in hyperbole but she straight up backs up that story no, 100%. It was real. There there is a there is a picture of us right afterwards. And it was also we could go to this volcanic sand beach and right afterwards <laughs> it took her a good like 5 minutes for her to start liking me again. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. 
um, when we sat down. After at, she caught her breath. Yeah. Af- yes. And <laughs> the whole you know, time she's we hiking, had water. I chose this. It was I real, chose this. It was real warm. It was real, real warm. Um, <laughs> there's some other stories about that, but that's not what that's not what yeah. this is about. Yeah. Um, so uh, what was the thing that we're talking about today? Today? Um, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down, but you know, you pulled your mic cable and it has... Uh, I can't see anything now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, because I do know that it, it is a bit of a, a hot button topic in small towns. What about casting in small towns? Oh, yes. And sometimes you know that I know that there is oftentimes the the accusation of um, favoritism. But it's also like you, you had given this analogy to me one day about, you know, casting your friends or casting people kind of over and over again because they're mm-hmm. the most prepared about, you know, I understand everybody wants to go see their child play Little League, but not everybody is going to be the pitcher. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I might want I might want to be the pitcher, but mm-hmm. if that's not what I'm best suited for, that's not where I'm going to be placed. Yeah. So if you want to come and see me do that, if I don't, if I didn't get that, then that's not what you're going to see. I do think it's interesting. I do wonder sometimes because people, I think, in smaller communities or like where we are, understand it on a sports level so much more because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, they just didn't, you know, they need to practice more. They immediately say, well, they just need to work harder and practice more. And then, you know, then they'll get a better position in whatever sport they're playing. Yeah. But in the theater, it's it's like they didn't get the role that I wanted them to get or that they wanted. So that is for somehow not at all their issue. Yeah, it is a hundred percent some type of ill-gotten, you know, it, like deceit is afoot. It's like the <laughs> yes. it's it's almost like I think sometimes that people think that I'm in like this dark cave with a candle, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Ruin these children's lives. You know, it's, it's not <laughs> what it is. It's it is genuinely like you have to look at it just like you would if you were coaching a team of mm-hmm. who is in the best, who is the best suited for each role, and who's going to steer the ship in the right way. And I think it's a it's even more so with kids because kids are kind of volatile. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know how they're going to behave whenever they're on stage. So, I mean, you know, I I know like this last show that I was doing with kids, I had given somebody a lead role that I had never given this type of responsibility to before. And that really made me nervous because I, I thought, you know, you think, okay, this person is ready. They've, you know, they've done this and they've worked really hard and on the, and past shows. And I think that they can handle the responsibility because it is a lot of responsibility to be the lead Mm -hmm. of a show, especially whenever, you know, you're not used to everybody just turning and looking to you for the answer. And that's normally what happens, especially in children's theater. If something goes off the rails, the kids just automatically look to whose ever character yes. the name of the show is. <laughs> it's kind of like they just turn and like, what are you going to do to fix this? And so you hope that whoever you put in that role is ready for it and that they can succeed. But it is scary. And this has been my experience twice so far where I have given somebody a, a lead role that I didn't know. I thought they were, but I wasn't totally sure. And it was 
like me freaking out up until three days before the show because they hadn't quite gotten it yet. Yeah. And then like just like what it is to genuinely be like the leader of the of the of the ship. And then and they're obviously stressed and freaking out. And then eventually, thank God this has happened twice each time where they've they've been like, yeah, OK, I get it now. Now I just need to have fun. And then all of a sudden they're great. I'm like, why did you do this to me for the past <laughs> month? I've been in misery and terror. Yes. And you had it all along. But I mean, of course, you want to, especially in a smaller community where you are one of the only arts organizations for kids and that's offering this type of opportunity, you want to give as many opportunities to every single child as you possibly can. Of course. But just not everyone is suited for that. Yeah. And I hear the argument sometimes of, well, you just, I mean, I know that they're not, they're not a great singer and I know that they're not really like super good at acting, but I just would love to see them in the role. It's not really about that. It's just about seeing the kids up there doing good and, and, you know, seeing them in the show. It's like, right. So I would rather see your kid in the show and something that they can succeed at and look like they are really good at than put them in a role that they're not ready for and that they are going to bomb and be embarrassed. And I don't understand where that, like, that gap comes in of I would rather my kid get up there and make a fool of themselves essentially because you know people aren't going to watch that and think oh Cody did a bad job directing that they're going to think my gosh that that actor is not very good yeah but you know what there's also in my opinion too it's you're also watching other people that maybe have had the experience that are Mm -hmm. doing the show that have been these leads before and you're just watching them and it Maybe maybe it's just me, but wouldn't you want them to watch those people and then rise to the occasion? You know, yeah, you would hope that. And, and it's also like, you know, we we also offer classes just like I was talking about, you know, in sports. People are like, oh, we just need to we need to practice more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because a lot of people understand how to practice with their kids with sports. So they'll go outside and they'll throw the ball or they'll, you know, do exercise I don't know how to do this like, yeah. they'll do like exercises or whatever with their kids to set them up for success in that so that the next time when they go out they you know clearly have made some gains and that they will be in a better position but in theater it's like they don't understand people don't understand what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting because we offer we offer classes and we do all of these things but still it's like it, it's just not viewed in the same way. Yeah. And of course, in smaller communities, no matter what, if it's a kid show or an adult show, especially an adult show, no matter how you cast it, people are going to be upset because there's just not a role for everybody. And I know that the first time that I had cast something um, after moving back and it like shocked people because I didn't cast everybody. Yeah. And it's like they didn't understand that an audition is is like a job interview. You don't get everything that you go out for. And the same thing is true in sports. You're not on every team that you try out for. But we had cast a show and I didn't cast everyone who had, who had auditioned. 
because the show didn't need them mm-hmm. and we had who we needed. So I wasn't just going to like throw a bunch of people up there that didn't serve the show because that's what's important. That as far as like the director or the producer side of it, the way that I'm thinking of it is I am here to do the best service to the show as possible. So I'm going to put only the people that I need to make the show succeed. And I'm not just going to put in a whole bunch of filler so that everybody's happy. I don't understand that. Like, so that but I then don't it hurt feels like you're wa- yeah, It feels like you're wasting, you know, maybe potentially 15 other people's time by and being at these shows. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm, I don't agree with the, and I think that this is another thing that happens sometimes is the, I'm just going to cast every single person because I know that that person has two people that are going to buy tickets. So if I just put 80 people in this show, if everybody I put in, then I've automatically got one full house. Yeah. So I'm making money. So that that's that's like a whole other part of it. But like I said earlier, that's not like of course we want we need to make money, but that's not my first priority as the director. My priority when casting a show is to be able to tell the story in the way that I think is the best way possible. And I think just having a whole bunch of people up there to distract from the actual story is not the right way to go. Well, you're also creating chaos, too, because you then you have all these other people to think about when you're doing entrances and exits. And then you also have to think about, you know, the distraction factor, too. If they're deciding to go rogue yeah. <laughs> in a scene and they're in the background distracting from the action, it, well, there's just it, so what many... kind of experience is that? Yeah. I'd, I would hate that so much. I'm like, wait, what What am I? I don't even... Yeah. Like, you can't even find yourself in the script because you don't exist because I just made it up so you can be on the stage. And then... And, then and you, put you, you in a costume and then you wait for an hour to go on stage for three minutes and then yeah. you walk off the stage. And I'm like, what did you gain Potentially, you're only on, on stage, you know, two, three minutes. So... Two scenes, maybe. I mean, you just... I don't know. I wouldn't have fun in that experience unless that's maybe what you like to do, but... I just don't understand. Like, I, I would think that you would want to practice, get better, and then, you know, audition for a show and then actually be one of the, I mean, I can't imagine ever casting more than 15 people in just about anything, but be one of those people that's actually getting to experience the full show. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I was in that one scene for three minutes. Did you see it? I was up left. <laughs> Like that to me, I just don't understand. Yeah, what's the phrase? I was second tree from the left or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't I just don't get it. And I, I think a lot of it is just that people don't really understand what goes into doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, it really is just I just wanted to see my kid or my friend or whomever up on stage. Didn't matter for how long. I just wanted to see them up there doing stuff. But you know, especially, you know, you're talking about these children's programs, but the whole idea is to build confidence and to to show them how a show works because yeah, this is a summer program. Yeah, it. this is supposed to be a learning thing. And it's not just, oh, well, you know, we wanted to see little Jimmy up there playing a lead role, even though he's not ready for it. It's like, well, I still have to entertain the other people coming to the show and it is very grating to sit through (laughs) it's not just about one person yeah i also just wouldn't do that i would never put somebody in a spot that they were not ready for if Mm -hmm. i didn't think that they were ready for it and you know so what what people see i think what ends up happening 
is that they end up seeing some of the same people in bigger roles more often because you can trust those people yeah, and you can rely on them to do the work. But if I am going right back to that same analogy, if I'm a coach of a sports team and I have a pitcher that can pitch a 98 mile an hour fastball, why am I going to put the kid up there that can pitch a 45 mile an hour fastball and put him in the dugout and sit and yeah. watch the game? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's not logical. Yeah. You're going to put you're going to put the star player up there. I just I it just boggles my mind. I just I, and it doesn't matter. I mean, every single show I think I've ever cast in any sort of way or been a part of, there's always been people that complain about it. It does kind of hurt though. It does hurt still well, yes. because you're like, you know, pouring your heart and your soul into this thing. And then you have somebody come up and they just kind of want to poo poo on your day, you know? <laughs> well, you, you, you obviously want to give everybody and everything involving in the show the best advantage that you can, which is why you put the 98 mile an hour fastball pitcher exactly. out there. And then everybody else can experience the show. And you hope that these other people that are in the show will eventually start to rise up and be able to take those roles. But you don't, if, I mean, the exact opposite can happen if you put, somebody who's not ready up there, mm -hmm. then that will be the last show they ever do because they're not prepared. Yes. They're not ready for that. And that doesn't mean that they're bad or that they're not going to be good. It just means that that's not where they are right now. But that is something, too, that you had just said. They're not prepared. So that makes me just... It, it just so cracks me up how in this day and age it's never their own fault for yeah. you know preparing not enough right i mean everybody has the time like you you feel like you don't but if you actually you start prioritize to look at the things, things that yes. you do you have the time i mean i know we have a we have a show coming up and i'm like my mind is going every direction like anytime that i sit down and i actually start thinking about our our season or our shows that are coming up, I'm like, man, I just have so much work to do. Mm -hmm. But in a way that that kind of ends up like I'm making this list and I'm stacking it up. And then I'm instead of like taking things off of the list, I'm just letting it weigh me down and then I don't do anything. Yeah. And so then I'm just like obsessing over these details, but really I just need to stop and just, you know, do one thing. Yeah. Just do one thing. But it is difficult, you know, in in smaller communities because everybody knows everybody and it's everyone in some way is accessible. And so it's not anything for somebody to just, you know, send a text message or pull into your driveway <laughs> <laughs> because they know exactly where you live. Yeah. And, you know, it's you have to kind of I have found you kind of have to just meet people with grace because they're just they're they're just their their heart is in the right place they just mm -hmm. don't know yeah they just don't know they don't understand what actually is being done in this process that makes what they are doing infuriating yeah which would be you know one thing if they wanted to sit down and have a tabletop discussion with you about it yeah 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 but you know it's a little bit easier sometimes to get butt hurt about something and then just tell everybody Oh, of course. <laughs> Except for like the person. <laughs> and then it's almost like um, 
you know, I hear people talking about uh, like teenagers being angsty and it's like, you know, sometimes it's good to be like, they need to be angsty a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. they can just be angsty. I don't have to change that. Like they can, they can do that for a little while. I feel the same way about some shows that I've cast. Like, that's fine. (laughs) You can, you can be a little angsty, you get it out your system. That's it's whatever. As long as I don't have to like, because I have so many other things I have to do. Yes. So, but you know, speaking of all of those things that I was talking about, it is absolutely ridiculous. We had had a podcast not too long ago where I was talking about um, the poster for To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. and how I wanted to change it, and I was obsessing about it. Was this a podcast or a conversation that you I and I had? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Someone will tell us. <laughs> we'll get well, a text from your dad. Yeah. You're like, wait, when did you record this? Um, yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if this was us conversation or not, but I was obsessing. I was thinking that I needed to change it, and I was like going crazy over it. I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it. Like, this is ridiculous. And then, of course, I didn't, and then I made that decision again, but it's just all of the time that I wasted of making new advertisements and all of that stuff makes me think about, you know, just in a small community the way that you choose to market yourself, um, it's just an interesting process. Like, how do you form your marketing schedule? Like, how, like, do you have a marketing schedule? Do you, um, like, I feel like a lot of the times that I am, I put way too much stock into it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because when you put, anything out there even if because this is the way i feel about our shows if it's not if it's not good and it's not ready i would rather cancel a show than put something up oh, that was God, bad yes <laughs> absolutely and yes. just like have my fingers crossed that it all worked i would never want to do that i would i i would have to know that it's going to be the best that we could possibly make it so then let me ask you this I, it's a little off topic but you just made me think of it would you say if it were tech week and you know without a shadow of a doubt this is not going to work and it is not ready would you still cancel it or would you let it ride what day of tech week monday Mm. the monday before we open on a thursday it really depends on the tragedy the how like how (laughs) intense it is like if you have actors showing up they don't know their lines it depends on the tragic nature of this show it really (laughs) it does if it's a shipwreck and everyone's out to lunch absolutely we're canceling i think the the first thing that i would do is that i would call and i would see if there's any way that we could like push the show and then have the show a different day Mm mm-hmm so we can maybe add another week. But yeah, if we were, let's say we had our grand dress rehearsal and nobody knew their lines. Or like, let's say we're doing a show and the lead actor is carrying their script on grand dress. Yeah. And they don't know any of their lines for like the second act. I'm yeah, canceling it. Yeah, at that point, it might be time to check out. I'm also firing that actor <laughs> weeks before I would. I, yeah, that would that's I would not let it get to that far. But you know what, though, that that's your lead actor. That's number one on the call sheet. They should be setting the precedent for the rest of the cast. A hundred percent. And then when you have the rest of the cast following, you know, what you had requested of them, like, say, off book is two weeks before we open the show and everyone has done it. 
Yeah. And your lead actor is still on book. Yeah. At some point you have to say, okay, you need to either get it together or you have to go and we'll find someone else. Or that get can. gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also like, I, I find it interesting. The off book date thing. Like I, I, that was not something that I remembered or, or really experienced having an off book date until I had moved back into this community and they were like, all right, when are we supposed to be off book? I was like, now. Yeah. Like, wait, what do you mean? It we, was we, so funny working with you, and you and I were the <laughs> only ones not having scripts, and they're like, where's your book? It's like, like this is... I'm sorry, I it, the better I can do without this now, the I better I'll be on the, on the back end of it. The only reason why you should ever have a script on stage is to write down your blocking, and then once you've done that, you should never have your script in your hand again. Yes. That's the way that I feel about it. That's also like that I feel... I'm so afraid to say any of this because then I feel like the next show I do is going to be the exception to everything I just said. <laughs> like I'm, I'm setting myself up for some kind of extreme failure, but you know, I, I say this every time that I direct a show, it's that we will block the show. You write down your blocking. When, when you leave our rehearsals are not that long. When you leave, memorize it and memorize the blocking, mm-hmm. like walk it, and talk, walk and talk it, just make it happen in your house. And when you come back the next day, we're going to run what we had just did, but I don't want to see your script in your hand. And then we're going to continue to block. Yeah. And then by the time that you're done blocking the show, everybody's off book. Yeah. If everybody does that. But I have not actually put on paper, I don't believe, an off book date for any of my shows. I think I've just said, be off book. As soon as you possibly can. Yes. Because it makes the most sense. How can you How can you play? How can you act with a script in your mm-hmm. hand? I'm not interested in reader's theater. I don't want to do that. This is not an audio book. Like and, I, it is, and it is really hard when you are an actor off book and someone else still has their book because it's a security blanket until the last possible And you can't act with date. them. Yeah. And it's like, I really want to do this scene. I so badly want to do this scene with you. There's nothing worse than being a director and seeing an actor on stage that's ready to go. Like that we were talking about. It's like it's like a like watching somebody that's like a, a really fast horse <laughs> in a horse race. And they're just ready to go and they want to run, but the person that should be running with them is like learning to walk still. Yeah. And they're like, wait, oh, okay, okay. I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. You're done? Okay. And then, so then you can go. It's like every time that they have to speak, they have to look down, you lose the connection, and you're not acting anymore. And then the other person is just waiting for them to look up again. Yeah. I hate it so much. It just drives me crazy. Anyway, I got you off topic, but marketing. You were talking about marketing in the area. Yeah, well, it's just, it is difficult because it is more or less like learning your community and how is best to market. Like I would have never thought in a thousand years that in our community, the one of the best ways to market your show is the radio. Like everybody here listens to the radio. I do not like, I feel like everywhere else in the world, everybody's just listening to Spotify like, yeah. or just downloading music. Or they're not, not listening, listening to, the radio. to the radio in well over a decade. And I, but here, everybody listens to the radio. They listen to the radio on their way to work and when they're on and when they're at work. And so they have 
a community calendar at our local radio station that they play with all the stuff that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge thing. I remember we we got our show put on there, or uh, well, both of our last shows, but we got one of our shows put on there, and we had so many people that we had never, you know, that that don't follow us on any of our social media or get our emails or any of those things that showed up because they heard it on the radio community calendar. I was like, well, this is wild. Yeah. It's just so crazy. All the social media pushes, all the signs. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and we heard it on the radio. Yeah, we heard it on the radios. So we're here. It was like, man, it's so awesome. And that was the only thing that we did that was free. <laughs> 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 this cost us no money. This cost us no oh, this I was, love it. This was an email. <laughs> I sent an email with some days. And it happened. I mean, I am really thankful that, you know, but it, t- it takes a while to figure that out. So, like, figuring out your town and how, what they actually respond to is a whole other thing. But I feel like I spend so much time on, like, the advertisements and the posters and the, like, thinking about what we should do for the social media stuff. I mean, like, I've been thinking about the posts that I want to make for, for Mockingbird like once we were like, yeah, we're doing this again. Yeah. I started immediately thinking about, okay, so I, I want to, I want to film these things and I want to take these photos and these are how we're going to push this. But it's hard to, but I also have to think about like, Oh, I'm directing the show. Yeah. (laughs) And so that was one of those things that just like piles up and you're like, Oh, I haven't done anything. I also know that, we're on the front end of what's about to be just like crazy theater times. And yes. so I think that my brain is like, ah, we'll just wait. We'll just wait. It's about to get nuts. We're just going to wait. Which Instead is essentially of, why we're taking the vacation. Yeah. Instead of what my brain should be doing is saying, you know, you should start doing some of this now so that it's not insane, insane yeah. later. But of course that's not how I work. Um, but, with the with the like with the posters and the posts on social media it's hard to know when to start because you can kind of exhaust your town yes so like i can put a thousand posters up in our community and i can put yard signs out if i wanted to which i don't but i could put yard signs up i could get billboards i could have it on the news i could do news spots i could do the radio i could do all those things but after a while people it seems just get to where they're like ugh now i think it's if it's not within like a week or two i think it just sort of like slips out of people's minds because they think oh this is upcoming i've got you know three or four weeks to prepare and then by the time it rolls around it's 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 already gone like oh crap i forgot all about you know this show or this thing that somebody was doing and it's like it doesn't matter how many times you put the dates and those kind of things people see the image they hear the name and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see that. And then you see them later and they're like, hey, when is the it's like, oh, that already happened like three weeks ago. Yeah. You're like, what? I was really wanting to go see that. When was it? We really wanted you to go see that. <laughs> it's like, well, I put as much information out there as absolutely possible. So it's it's like a strange little juggling act. I wish that while I was in school, I would have gotten some kind of like graphic design training and marketing training. I was like, I don't know. Those are like the two things that I, two things that I wish would have happened was, would have been like a course in marketing 
And then do you think they offer courses in tax evasion? Or sorry, in just taxes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> just like, this is how you should file taxes. Yeah, we had like one day in our senior acting class and our audition techniques class where they, like the teachers basically like sat down and they were like, all right, this is what you can do with your taxes. We're going to talk about this for an hour. And that was it. <laughs> awesome. They were like, you know, these are the things that we write off. And I was like, how do you write something off? What does that mean? I mean, thank God that we live in a time where I don't have to do my taxes on paper and mail them. Oh, man. I would not even understand. No. They're just like, how did people exist 30 years ago? It is is crazy to me because we've, I guess, like you and I have always had that that H&R block or that TurboTax or, you know. TurboTax was free for students. Yes. So so when I was in college, that was all I used. And then when... It's also so much easier because you don't have as much income or yes like, it's not as crazy all right you need to file under one is whatever you have like plug in your your numbers and then it just fills I out nine forms yeah. and you're like what do i do i'll never forget getting a, my my very first ever we gave you a refund we did that based off the information you gave us your information was horribly wrong and you now owe us double that back and i was like <laughs> Oh, no. Just garnish my wages. I don't know. <laughs> just take them. <laughs> well, at that point in time in my life, I was like, I'm just going to ignore this until it's... Uh, <laughs> until it becomes problematic. Until it's a problem. <laughs> I remember even thinking, it's not like they... I mean, they did away with debtor's prison. I'm not going to you prison. Get, you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and you go to prison for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like purposely evading it. I just... Hadn't stopped open those envelopes. Okay, Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't read it, it doesn't exist. There, mm, ah, okay. But it is hard trying to figure out when you should actually do things. So that's what that's been my struggle right now with Mockingbird is that I want to talk about it all the time and I want to post stuff and I'm excited about it, but I'm just I'm trying so hard to just hold back. And it's also the thought of, you know, we have in this, you know, this half COVID season that we're doing. Um, we, we're doing To Kill a Mockingbird and Tuna Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the season. It's just like a two-show season. And then we start our next season. I'm like, man, do I go on ahead and announce my next season? Do I make the decision about what that even is yeah. fully? Because I feel like I have all these ideas of what I want it to be, but then I'm like, Oh, I just don't know. I haven't made like any concrete plan yet. I just have an idea of what I want. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the right course of action is. I mean, I did see this is like the funniest thing in the world to me. Um that the one of the high schools here did the next two seasons at once. They were like, here's this year and next year. We're done. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's easy. You know, it's down the pipeline. But I just feel like, you know, we're talking about a high school and that basically means, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not on the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not, not the same, but 
still like I'm thinking of it from a marketing standpoint. I'm like, you just shot yourself in the foot of any way to get anyone excited come next year. Like, what are you going to do at the end of this next season when you're like, and don't forget <laughs> right, that we're still doing these shows that we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> so then. I know you just said that you, you don't know what to do, but I, I did hear someone recently talking about, um, is it, is it easier to work with someone who has a vision or with someone who is more iterative, like along the way in the process? Mm-hmm. And I, I did want to ask you that question. Like, and I know that you're, this is totally different and it's on marketing and stuff like that, but in a show even, or because I know that as a director, you are very vision driven. Yeah. But when, because you've also t- spoken about um, kind of iterating on a show that was being written along the way mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of occasions. And I, and I was just curious as to see like what your what you prefer, what is easiest or what to you is more fun, maybe. I I mean, I think that being vision driven is awesome, mm-hmm. but I feel like if you're not doing it in a way that everybody understands it and that they know how to, you know, bring that vision to life, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. So that's what I I think when you said iterative it's it's about like am i giving you just a whole bunch of information and you don't really understand necessarily like what direction we're going in yeah i think that you kind of have to have both i mean i i feel like that a vision driven show i almost said driven i don't know what's the world driven that's amazing driven show a a vision driven show is probably more fun for me because I feel like that if somebody is like has this vision for the show, it's almost like they're passionate about it. Like there's, there's a reason for it. They really want to do it. Um, and I can get on board with that a little bit more Mm -hmm. for me personally, but I also want it to be organized. Yes. (laughs) Because I think that that can also be read into like, Oh, well I have a vision for this. Be like, okay, so tell me what it is. No, I I mean, you'll see. No, I need to know. So like I I do think that that can sometimes be like a scapegoat for being disorganized, which I think a lot of times directors will do of like, okay, well, and that's we've talked about that before. That's like the I'm an organic director BS. That's the like, you know, you're basically having everybody else do your work for you. Um, I think that if you if it's a clear vision and they are able to speak about it and I can understand it, then that's the best possible thing because there's nothing worse than just doing a show and being like, okay, I was told that like, I've got all this background information about the show. I've got, you know, my blocking or whatever, but I don't necessarily know the purpose of the show. Yeah. Am I speaking about this in any way that makes sense to you? Well, yeah, you know, I think like for me personally, I prefer to work with vision driven directors, you know, from an actor standpoint, I prefer to work with vision driven directors because it's like playing in a sandbox. I know what's available. I know where the edges are and like to not walk too far into the fringes there. And then Mm -hmm. I can create with, you know, what, what is already available there. And I've worked with a couple of people who 
our basic, like the first couple of rehearsals were, well, write everything down that you think you know about your character and let's like work on this. And, and it's, it's like, that's something that I can do at home. Yes. And that is not something I need to be doing in a, in a room with a whole bunch of other people when we have a show date. Yeah. This, this would better be served for you to sit down one-on-one with each person, not at a scheduled rehearsal time Yeah, to work on this. I do feel like sometimes that maybe I'm like a lame theater person when it comes to some stuff, because you you know, like devised works are really hard for me to get behind. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and because I just, I, I want, like, I feel like the possibility for it just being terrible is so huge. Yes. I mean, you're basically (laughs) like, I'm going to go into a room and we're all going to like all the designers and the actors and the staff are all going to be in the room together. And we're going to come up with this as one we have no idea what the set looks like we don't know what the lights are going to do but we're all going to figure that out together like cool i like the idea of that if you just have you know just a bunch of money and you don't mind canceling a show when it's bad but i just like i will say that the national did that with their jane Eyre production and it was freaking phenomenal yeah and it kind of made me change my name my my name (laughs) it made me change my name i am now jehoshaphat's Jehoshaphat's heir. That's my name. It made me change my like my view of devised works. Yeah. Because um, I just hadn't really seen anybody truly succeed in it. But also, I, the reason why I was saying I'm kind of a lame theater person is that any time that I am in a show and the director or whomever is like, all right, we're going to do this acting exercise. Um. And we're just going to explore during this rehearsal process. And uh, this is going to inform us of our characters. I'm like, cool. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know that I'm that I basically feel like I'm probably saying blasphemy. It's more or less that I feel like I'm wasting rehearsal time. Mm-hmm. Like, but like when sure, that's an acting class sort of exercise. Yes. Those are things that. Like you want me to do an acting exercise all about that. Like I, I have no problem with meeting up with some people outside of the rehearsal room and doing something like this. The only time that I could actually see that that would be something that I would employ is if it's, you know, the ensemble of the show is just not clicking and I really need to do something to try to build that camaraderie with them and yeah. to, to get them to work together. And then I might actually do like, very short little like ensemble movement exercises with them to get them out of their heads and then get back into the show. Mm -hmm. But I just cannot imagine the whole like, all right, we're going to do this thing that, and, and maybe it's just my own like prejudice of it. I just feel like it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. It is a waste of time. A rehearsal time. Yes. That's what I mean. I don't think that it's a waste of time in the sense of the exercises, I do think that there are important things that can be gleaned from those, but I just don't believe that that's where you should be doing it. Yeah. Now I, I will take a step back to your divisive work thing in that, you know, the Jane Eyre you said was the thing. Oh my they, God. Yeah. It was so good. So it's different when you have people that you trust mm-hmm. that you sort of like, no, I know that they are going to do the best, this thing that I well, do it's like that they talking do. about actors on a on a different level. Yeah. You know, that they've been 
profe- professional actress for well, a very long time. Well, not just that. I mean, like the the lighting together. or the the sound, like set dress and all that stuff. Yeah. Like when you've worked with some people for a while, and and you know what they're capable of, and you know what they bring to the table, and you trust them enough to kind of follow along with maybe where the story is going or what is best served for the show, then yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that works. But with some untested people that you don't know very well oh gosh it's no. so much more difficult to to trust that process well and i think that i have become i've i've become very untrustworthy no that's not what i'm saying <laughs> i believe that i um it's not that i've i am not as what am i trying to say you are I'm not, not trusting. willing to trust yes i've that that part of me where i used i used to i I think that I used to trust everybody. Like I just, mm-hmm. that was very, very easy for me. And then for some reason, now that I am older, I'm like, ugh, I just, it's just so much easier if I just do this myself. Like I've well, you've become, probably been disappointed too many times on people saying that they're going to do something and they fail to do it. Right. Yeah, that, that does, that is a thing. But it, I, it is one of those, one, it is something that I don't like about myself anymore is that, you know, this last little show that we that we did, um, we had people there to run the tech, but I'm, I've gotten to where now I'm used to doing, you know, if we're doing a, a kid show, I'm like running the tracks and the lights and I'm doing all of the tech mm-hmm. except but with minus running the microphones. Like I'm not doing sound. I'm doing all the other things. And now this last one, I had to trust everybody else because I couldn't do it because I was actually running the flying of of Peter Pan. So I was I had to be backstage for that. And that was so hard. I was like, they're not going to they're not going to do it. They're not going to be able to do it. It's not going to be right. And of course it was. And they did a good job. But it was really hard for me to trust them to be able to do that. Where in the past I'd have been like, you got this. I'm totally fine. Yeah. No stress at all. I believe in you. And then it's almost like you get burned a couple of times with people just being like, yeah, I can't wait to do this. Like I'm really excited to run the lights for this show. And then they never show up or they show up for one rehearsal and then they never show up again. Or they leave in the middle of the show to go take a smoke break. You Mm. know, you just like, yeah, like you, it's really hard that whenever you're you feel passionately about something and it means the world to you, it's really hard to trust someone else to have that same feeling about it. Yeah, I think that's that's more or less my problem is that I just I find it hard to trust other people because I don't feel like that they are as invested necessarily or think that it is as important yeah. as I do, and that has become something that I probably am going to have to work through or that I should work on in the future. It's well, just I think being a little bit more trusting, you know, once you start to relinquish some of that control to certain people yeah, and you, you learn that they can be trusted then that's totally different. And then you request mm-hmm. like, Hey, can you come read the stage direction for this stage reading that we're doing yeah. situation? Well, and it is, it is interesting too, because there are certain people that I would never have a problem turning stuff over to and being like, you go for it. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's more or less just like the the randoms mm, likeness yeah. <laughs> of it sometimes. It's just kind of like, hey, I really want to help with this show. What you got for yeah, me? Yeah, I really want to do this. And that's that's great to really want to do something. But yeah. I think sometimes people don't 
and they just don't understand. They don't understand the time commitment mm-hmm. of what it actually takes to put on a show and then necessarily the importance of every person. Yeah. Especially whenever you say you're going to do something and then you don't. That is a major, major, major issue for me. Oh, boy. Hey, did I answer any of the things that you asked? Yeah. I mean, you know, you you need, as I've come to learn, you need like a long runway <laughs> before the plane takes off. <laughs> so the, Yeah. I may not land it, but I do need a long time you, to take kinda off. You kind of like that one action scene from the Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> it's just like the one action scene? You mean the whole movie? No, no. There's like the one action scene in... in it's at the end of one of the films where the plane is trying to take off and they... It's a 15-minute sequence, and the plane never gets off the lay, gets off the runway. Aww. It's like, what is this, like five miles long? This is crazy. I don't crazy. know if I want that analogy for who I am it's, never taking It's not off. for who you are. It's just sometimes, you know, you, you start off one thing, and I think your mind is thinking in a different way to answer the question. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. When I listen to this later, I'll hear that again, and maybe it'll make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, how can I tie in a different story to this question that's not related at all? Well, it's also kind of like a um, it's it's like answer Olympics, because like I was saying about casting, that's all like. I feel like we should be able to talk about this and it shouldn't be heard or felt in any way personal to anybody. Yeah, but that's just not the case. And I would say that since we didn't say any names. As a disclaimer, if at any point in time you thought they're talking about me, you need to make a change <laughs> because we were not talking about anybody in particular. So if you just fit any of that criteria, just be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to work on yourself. You need to work on yourself. <laughs> Don't work on us. We're fine. We're doing better. Or trying to do better anyway. Just two degenerates. But it is it is hard to to talk about stuff because you're you're constantly like, okay, I can't really say that story because I don't want to just totally sell these other people out and yeah, and I don't want to talk about this because it's going to be a bigger issue. I mean, just the fact that last week we were talking about the Arts Council, I was like, man, all of this is true, and this is all what everybody says and how they feel, but just the fact that I said it means that. It's going to come back at me at some point in time. And, you know, there's a part of you that's like, yeah, you want to run at, you know, the people that are not necessarily doing what they're supposed to do. You want to run at them and, you know, wage war and on the side of righteousness. Yeah. And you want to, you know, lead that little crusade and you want to win. But there's another part that's like, man, I'm just trying to, like, run a little theater company and survive. Yeah, but you know what, though? I think we live in a day and age now where we have to be accountable for, you know, when, like, if, if it were us and we had the shortcoming, I would want someone to say something to me. Oh, yeah. And I think it's but time I would to. I think that people would do that anyway. Just, I feel like because we welcome that. Yeah. And I, it, but, you know, it, it's time that we started holding up a mirror to things that are being run incorrectly or being done incorrectly. Well, and in some cases around here, it's just it's been done like this for so long that people don't actually know that that's not the most efficient way for it to happen. True. And I think that the, that not only ego, but I think also like this 
it's so easy just to do it this way. So I'm just going to let it kind of ride and ride the wave of this. It's 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 I think it's because there are certain people in positions that are just there so that they can get the paycheck and then mm-hmm. they can go home and they could care less. And you just can't have somebody who doesn't really care running anything to do with the arts. No, absolutely not. Because that's just it's not going to thrive. It's not going to work that way. That's what's that's what kills me about the arts is like I understand. Yes, there is a business side and a business decision that has to be made about certain things that happen. Mm-hmm. However, art is meant to move, meant to inspire, meant right. to love, meant to hate, meant to like somehow make you feel things that you've never felt before, whether that's good or uncomfortable. Which I think is why it's sad sometimes whenever I talk to people in our community about theater and or whenever we're talking to certain people that work in the in our community's theater industry and they just constantly act like they are over it and they just don't want anything to do with it. They're just like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can be tired. But, like, why do you want to do this in the first place? Yeah. If you are so over it at this point, make way, leave, get take a job somewhere else. <laughs> if it's just a job, go yeah. do something else. Use this as a little tick on your resume and just be like, look at me, I did this thing. And then make way for somebody else who's actually going to, you know, be passionate about it or make some sort of decision, good or bad. Yeah. That was at least from their heart. That's why I really love whenever we get the chance to work with Rachel and Aubrey at River Oaks is because they are constantly trying to like innovate and change the way that they do things and like look at the way that they, you know, show their art or the artists they're bringing in or the artists that they're trying to cultivate, bringing in professional artists to have masterclass with the artists that are in their studios. They're constantly working to do stuff like that. And they have no problem holding a mirror up to themselves and saying, this is our shortcoming. We need to change this. We need to move forward. And that is why I think that place is so successful. Yeah. It does make me sad that other organizations are not like that in our town. Well, I think it's what, like what you said, you know, the passionate people are running that program. Yeah, they well, of course, they, they love it. They have a passion for it, and it means everything to them. I mean, the, these are not... I have never in my life encountered anybody that was in the arts for a paycheck. I mean, like, that's... <laughs> you, don't, you don't go to school or you don't explore the arts, performing arts or otherwise, because you just want to make a bunch of money. Yeah. That can't be the way that it's born. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I did it again. Are you you done with your... I got a little angry. (laughs) Sorry. I got a little heated. Sounds like you need a break. Yeah, I think it's about time you and I take a break. Okay. Well, that that was Cody. And that is Christophanopoulos. Whoa. I think I might have actually broke a sweat.